Welcome to the Unusual and Human Experience podcast, where we explore a mystery that has many faces and interacts with humanity all over the globe. Here, we talk about the unusual, ancient, and contemporary. If you are curious about near-death and out-of-body experiences, encounters with UFOs, events of the paranormal, or even strange esoteric experiences, the Unusual and Human Experience podcast is for you. Host Kevin Keyless, a psychotherapist by trade, provides insightful conversations, sometimes with guest speakers familiar with the topic at hand. This podcast is educational and inspirational, its contents representing only the opinion of the host and, when applicable, his guest. Kevin is the author of three books, Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom, Last Breath Awareness, and Spiritual Care to Elderly and Dying Loved Ones and the founder of Conversing with Death, an existential training on last breath awareness. For more about his services, go to bodymindmetaphor.com. And now your host, Kevin Keyless. Welcome to the Unusual and Human Experience Podcast. My name is Kevin, and today we're going to look at four approaches that will help us to keep the conversations of UFO clear. Now, these four approaches will not only help you to keep the conversation clear, whether you're talking to someone privately or to a group, but it will also help you when you're doing your own personal studies. You want to gravitate to the right material, to the right people, to the right authors. For example, you would not talk to someone who is an engineer or a pilot, commercial or military in the same way you would talk to someone who has more of a spiritual tradition and interest in the matter. And this is especially true if you're having friendly debates with family or friends on the subject. You want to be able to reference authors and materials that would be appealing to your opponent. Now, on a personal note, it's also important to keep the conversation clear for your own personal studies whenever you're exploring your own personal truth. If you are, for example, asking, do UFOs exist? Just a strict, unidentified flying object with no question about extraterrestrial life, you're going to go to a different place than you would if you were asking something about what your experience meant to you when you had that sighting or encounter with a UFO. Now, before we continue the topic, let's go to three things in passing. Question number one, more of a true-false. Every near-death experience is positive. I think the question is rather obvious, but I find myself very interested in working with people who have had near-death experiences that are much more distressful in nature. All right, number two. Once a person has undergone enough training for paranormal or UFO investigation, they never need to worry about being prejudiced or biased in their investigations. True or false? And last, there is enough funding to go around in order to give the studies of UFO a fair trial. True or false? Now, this is an interesting conversation because funding in general is just difficult to come by. It takes money to research and investigate all the laboratory work, all that stuff, the people involved, 
But when it comes to UFOs, uh, the study of UFOs especially, it becomes a little, you might say, sensitive. And some people are not warm to the subject, and so they won't give it the light of day. So it's a good question to ask. We are gathering information all the time, whether it's a scientist, engineers, what have you. But is the subject of UFO getting a fair chance? So what we're going to do now is we're going to look at four approaches to the subject of UFOs. We're going to look at the mechanical approach, or what I call the mechanical approach, more of a militaristic or military approach, a psyche or psychical approach, and then finally a spiritual approach. So let's start with the mechanical approach. Now, mechanical, technical, what I'm referring to here is looking at UFOs strictly as unidentified flying objects. In other words, we are not even entertaining the thought of extraterrestrial life. The subject of who or what is behind the objects is not something that we're entertaining too much. We're simply looking at footages, documentation, testimonials of people who have witnessed an unidentified flying object, something that cannot be identified. They have tried, they have looked to see if it has something to do with a foreign country, but so far they're unable to explain where these objects are coming from and the capacity that they have to do the things that they do. So from a mechanical perspective, this approach basically is trying to understand the unidentified flying object. Now, this isn't to say that every UFO or unidentified flying object that is reported constitutes the type of UFO I am talking about. But nevertheless, great minds have talked about a percentage that cannot be explained to this day. And I'll speak more on that right after this message. Body Mind Metaphor offers a range of virtual monthly groups to professionals looking for support, guidance, and up-to-date education. If you're a professional counselor, healthcare discipline, social worker, or pastoral counselor, you can choose from an exceptional list. If you're an experiencer, there's more exciting news. Body Mind Metaphor runs a free online monthly support group, a place for the experiencer where you can talk with others about the challenges you face and learn how to make your mysterious encounter work for you. Seats are limited to eight members, so act now. For more information, go to bodymindmetaphor.com. Now, it is this small percentage of UFO reports, although we could probably say that there are more than what meets the eye, more than what the numbers tell us, because it is common for people not to report when they have sighted a UFO for fear of ridicule, rejection, loss of a job. But the mechanical approach focuses on this percentage of UFOs that cannot be explained after investigations have been made. Again, because it is a mechanical approach, there's less of an emphasis to discuss or argue for or against extraterrestrial life. The question at hand is, 
what are these unidentified flying objects? And yes, there is this sort of creeping of the question, who is behind it? But in theory or speculating, people look at it to try to see, can it be explained naturally? For example, could it be someone from a foreign country that is flying the UFOs? Some good books to read are by Leslie Keen, UFOs, and there she talks about that in this, what I call, mechanical approach, it isn't a matter of believing. Like when people say, do you believe in UFOs? From this strict mechanical approach, there's no need to believe. There is sufficient evidence that points to unidentified flying objects, some of which can be explained but a smaller percentage cannot. And then you have other authors, such as Stephen Greer's book, Unacknowledged. Um, I paid a pretty penny for the text that I got, a hardback. It's hard to find, but in it he has sensitive material. He has information from credible witnesses. He has information from reports about UFOs, the existence of UFOs. And yes, Gria does point to some whistleblowers and some information that the military has tried to hide from the public, and we'll get into the military approach in just a moment. But for the most part, Gria has done enormous amount of work and has a very strong surrounding of very credible people who speak on the subject of UFOs, the existence thereof. So what I want you to do is simply pocket this understanding, this approach. This is a mechanical approach that while it doesn't necessarily deny all the other important questions that come along with it, there is a very strong focus on the object itself and trying to understand it first from a natural perspective. But if there are no explanations, then it does raise other questions. But it doesn't dive into the question, such as, is there extraterrestrial life behind these unidentified flying objects? It focuses strictly on the object itself. So if you're looking for information of whether there are such things as unidentified flying objects, you want to know who you can go to and who not to go to. Because if you don't have this clear understanding and intention, there's so much material out there that you'll become confused and maybe even frustrated because there are different approaches to the subject. The second approach is a military approach. And by that, I mean that Here you move into a whole realm that really can open up a set of conspiracy theories and speculations, and I don't know if it'll get you anywhere. There's a lot of information out there that speaks about what the military has done and is doing. Now, it seems or it appears that there's enough information to suggest that, yes, the military has covered up some things, that they hold some secrets, and that they haven't been honest with the public. I think back on J. Allen Hynek's work with the Project Blue Book, and for quite some time, 
he was not really dealing with the information and the material fairly, and that he was sort of going along with the military's aim or mission to disprove any such thing as a UFO. But after a while, he began to be honest with the material and said that there is a smaller percentage that cannot be explained and should be thoroughly considered. But one can see from those earlier days, this sort of mission or agenda on the part of the military to cover up some things, even in the face of multiple witnesses. Now, I am someone that doesn't try to get too caught up into this particular approach. There's enough information out there for people to make up their minds. Where I get concerned is how this cover-up or dishonesty has injured or hurt experiencers, people who have witnessed something that cannot be explained and yet told by the military something dishonest or simply that they're crazy. And if there's anything that brings me to this approach, it is that injury. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom brings together two healing communities, the psychotherapist and the witchy at heart. Only you'll be lucky to find them anywhere in the same room. The therapist easily misunderstands and labels the mystic, who in turn worries she'll be labeled crazy. But what happens when the esoteric practitioner seeks mental and emotional support to balance her often strange but sacred practice? This concise text guides the therapist to correct his miscalculations by dismantling those dormant stereotypes. The professional paves the way to offer necessary wisdom and skills to manage trauma, clinical depression and anxiety, the very things that can threaten the esoteric practitioner. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom also supplies the potential client with direction on how to effectively use therapy to prevent emotional unsteadiness while exercising those slippery rituals. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom, now on Amazon in hardcover and paperback. Now, I don't even want to go down the list of what that injury could look like. However, there are enough people out there and there have been enough testimonies that suggest that People have been ridiculed, people have been oppressed, and in some cases threatened in the name of the subject of UFOs and what they've seen. And one cannot underestimate the isolation, the fear, the anxiety, and the depression that can come as a result of feeling this sort of threat. And so I want to stop right here just to let those of you who are experiencers, who have undergone some kind of opposition, I want you to know that I have a support group, a free online support group that meets monthly, where you can share of your experiences. You don't have to carry it alone. You don't have to hide it. And it is amongst other experiencers. And it is a safe place and a confidential place for you to be able to share your thoughts, your fears, your experiences, and be validated. But for more information on that, you can go on my website, bodymindmetaphor.com. Now, the third approach is more of a psychical or psyche approach. Here we look at the phenomenological, the existential. 
we focus on the narrative and honor the human experience. This is where I, in particular, focus on the experiencer and help them to sort of digest the story, make sense of it, because some of it can be very confusing, and to be able to then integrate it into their lives. And we also focus on questions that pertain to what does this experience say about us? What does it mean to us? How can we understand ourselves in light of the experience that we had? Now, one author that comes to my mind is Carl Jung. Carl Jung is big on the collective consciousness. He did some cross-cultural studies and tried to understand the human experience really in my opinion, trying to sort of filter it through the Western mindset and the psychological mindset. And so he understood UFOs as an archetypal type of of experience. Now, that's not to say that I agree with Carl Jung on the matter, but he may have something to add. But nevertheless, in this particular approach, there's really a, a, a zooming in on the inner life of the experiencer and what he, she, they are thinking, feeling, wondering about, struggling to make sense of when it comes to UFOs. Now, because these themes can run so deep, I mean, they are very pleasant and fascinating, but because they run so deep, They often have the ability to shift the psyche, and so I think these themes are important to investigate, but sometimes it might take working with someone, a professional like a therapist, to help explore them, because you're going to arrive at another side in terms of how you view the world, how you view yourself, how you view others, and so it's worth looking into with a professional such as a therapist. Now, speaking of importance, I want to make a point here about this third approach, the psyche or psychical and the spiritual approach of which we're going to talk about in a minute. When we are talking about these approaches does not mean that we are dismissing what could be factual, that could actually have happened. I don't want you to think that because you are looking at something from a psyche perspective or a spiritual perspective that that means that what you actually experienced with your senses, whether it was a UFO sighting or whether it was an encounter, it's not to say that they didn't happen. I know that in some places, especially more in the psyche community, there may be more questioning around that. And some of that is very important. Don't take it personally, right? There, It's important to assess. It's important to explore. However, these two approaches can enrich your experience. So again, it's not to say that it negates or dismisses what you report to have happened. It just simply says there are other ways of understanding it that can enrich your actual experience. Now, the last approach, the spiritual approach, is one that I find fascinating. It isn't anything to do with religion, Um, and I do not come from one particular spiritual perspective. I've studied different spiritual traditions and have engaged in different spiritual traditions, so I'm not advocating for anyone, nor am I advocating for my own, Um, but it's 
something that I find fascinating when you look in history and find how people experience things and how they interpreted their experiences, especially along spiritual lines. Let me give you an example. One thing that I find in some literature, I think Jack Vallée has pointed this out with folklore and other spiritual traditions, and that has to do with how people understood their experiences and interpreted their experiences based on their spiritual tradition. Now, a good example of this is when you go to the Bible, you will notice that there are times that you will see that someone was taken up by the Lord. That's the way the writer wrote it, that the person was on this land and then was taken up. Now, that is sort of like a a style of abduction. Today, there is conversations about some people reporting abductions. They were taken by aliens. Now, I find that fascinating that way back in time, there was a type of abduction, but the way that the writer put it was more along the lines of, this happened because of the Lord, as they understood the Lord. And you can see examples of this in other forms and in other traditions, but the point is that there's a fascinating theory that I sort of am engaging with and studying, and it has to do with how throughout time, cultures, societies, and people would interpret what could have long ago been UFO activity, but they interpret it within their own cultural and spiritual means. Now, this is just one form of understanding UFO activity and interpreting your own UFO experience. However, it's really broad, and the understanding is how UFO activity can change people's perspective, worldviews, beliefs, and even ways in which they relate to people. You hear this in testimonies of how these experiences are so transformative, sometimes with some trauma involved, but often very transformative. And often, these experiences that are so transformative, they need a different type of epistemology. Now, in the first and the second approach, it's very mechanical, very technical, very scientific-oriented, right? So you use certain ways of understanding what has occurred in order to arrive at evidence, But when it comes to a spiritual understanding of these events, there is a form by which we understand personal truth. We use different means of arriving at truth. We don't use the same scientific literature that we would if we were just investigating the question, do UFOs exist? In this particular approach, you're often able to celebrate based on a particular form of epistemology, which is that we understand truth, such as belief in God or belief in spirits, in a way that that differs from how we would calculate things if we were just simply studying do UFOs exist from a strict sense, a mechanical sense. And we must understand that When we have these experiences of UFO activity, 
there is this sort of transformative component, almost an awareness, almost an expansion by which we know how to arrive at this type of truth. Now, in general, we know that there are different ways of arriving at something, whether it's personal truth or evidence. I think of people who have high positions in companies, some of which will talk about that some of the decisions that they make are based on their own intuitive knowledge. And in some cases, even in the face of statistics saying otherwise, they go with their gut feeling and they end up being right. Now, that's just one general example of how people can make right decisions and shape a desired outcome based on an intuitive form of epistemology. Now, that's one general example. Then you have spiritual traditions. Think of the Buddha. The Buddha came from a perspective more from a Vedic tradition, but he formulated his own style of meditation. Now, this was 2,000 years ago, and what are we doing today? Today, we are recognizing how effective meditation is, how powerful it is. But the Buddha didn't start that way. He didn't begin with that particular style of arriving at evidence or efficacy. Now, these are general examples, but my point is that I don't want to underestimate the power of spiritual epistemology. I don't want to underestimate how people from a spiritual tradition can arrive at their own personal truth that does prove to be very effective. So please do not be apologetic about thinking differently when it comes to arriving at spiritual personal truth. And remember that if you're going to explore UFO activity from a mechanical perspective, that is one thing, and you can, and you can use scientific tools. But that doesn't mean that you want to use scientific measuring rods for every human experience. All righty. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. Please feel free to contact me at bodymindmetaphor.com with questions and comments. And uh, subscribe. Please tell others about this podcast. And until next time, stay well. Body Mind Metaphor offers traditional psychotherapy to adults seeking to recover from trauma and to manage depression and anxiety. Now with a unique and necessary twist, It provides these same interventions to individuals who have experienced unusual phenomena, such as a near-death experience, an encounter with a UFO, some mystical or esoteric transformation that proved distressful, or a paranormal event. Many who meet up with a strange experience often remain silent, sometimes for years, for fear of being ridiculed or thought of as crazy. This isolation only inflames mental and emotional symptoms. It is therefore imperative that mental health professionals provide that safe space for clients to explore these experiences and integrate them into our lives. Body-Mind Metaphor delivers just that by using talk therapy, hypnotherapy, and other therapeutic modalities. Remember, you are not alone, and you don't have to be. For more information, visit us at BodyMindMetaphor.com.